It seems disrespectful to Hugh Hefner's legacy that he'll be forced to spend all of eternity at rest in the same box. The Trump Report starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV! And now, let the buzz begin! Ah, yes, welcome to the breakdown here at the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt. At Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. The show's Twitter is at Trump Report ABTV. For those watching on YouTube, you'll see to my left, your right, Scott Moore at S-Man 80. Very hey rarely guys, has he I been know. seated next to me. Usually Exciting. we have him at the far end of the desk <laughs> because of all the tensions we need to work out. You know, we've had a lot of strife over the over the course of more than a year, by the way, because uh, this did start as Trump versus Hillary uh, well over a year ago. And boy, what a year it's been. And then on the other sure. side, we have Chelsea Galicia <laughs> at Hello. Chelsea Galicia and her partner from The Political Beat, which precedes this show. Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, so uh, we're uh, having a little musical homage to the late, great Tom Petty that uh, I was stunned to hear that he passed away at 67. Uh, it's just weird that Bob Dylan is giving his thoughts about the passage of Tom Petty just because Bob Dylan just seems so much older. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, and uh, the song breakdown seemed fitting because... There have been some breakdowns in communications, so uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Just mental breakdowns. Uh, and yeah. a huge shout out to our pal Marissa, who made the thumbnail for this week's show, as she is <laughs> now doing for every week's show. And uh, for those watching on YouTube, you can see her nice handiwork. And if you look close enough, you'll see that she actually changed the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers logo to say uh, Donald Trump. I think it says Donald Trump and the Heartbreakers. But uh, anyway, not hard to find a picture of Trump making that face. Uh, anyway, and uh, we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have, have a fun chat about uh, Puerto Rico a little bit later. Uh, but uh, where I suppose we really ought to start is, of course, uh, over the weekend, we did have the worst mass shooting in modern U.S. history, uh, which the last I had heard, uh, 58 people died, hundreds were injured. And of course, our thoughts are with anyone affected by the shooting, condolences to anyone who lost loved ones. And I actually have a really good friend of mine, David Bujenski. He works for Go Country 105 here in Los Angeles. And I knew he was at that show. And I was very happy to hear that uh, he was fine. He's he's a very uh, happy, easygoing guy from Florida. You know, you would know, you would see him right away and be like, oh, yeah, he definitely mm-hmm. looks like he's from Florida. <laughs> uh, and he's uh, definitely... Uh, really weirded out by the whole thing, so I can't. I can't imagine what it was like, uh, and uh, you know, just happy that I can consider myself one of the people who knew someone there that uh, made it home. And of course, when these things happen, people are always quick to say that we shouldn't politicize these events, and there's immediately calls for gun control. And I, I understand that point because politicizing tragedy for any reason seems uh, a little opportunistic, but. That doesn't stop them from then also making political responses to the political comments after tragedy. So, uh, you know, it, it's um, it's a well. I was going to say it's a double-edged sword, but I, I don't want to you know use a, a weapon analogy. But I, I understand where both people come down on that. Uh, but a lot of what you're hearing is sort of to the people that are asking for gun control, tougher gun laws, are saying that. You know, tougher gun laws would not have stopped this guy, and that's that's true because these are mostly illegal weapons. 
However, uh, maybe tougher gun laws would deter someone else that we will never know that they tried to do something like this. And even if it doesn't stop someone, well, it makes it harder. You know, it makes it more difficult. So I, I don't know who that hurts, you know. And uh, gun owners are uh, very adamant saying that we won't take their guns. And I can't speak for our elected officials. There are probably some that want to take away all guns. I am personally not looking to take away everyone's guns. Um, I would probably take away some of the uh, legal semi-automatic rifles. I'd probably take guns away from people with serious uh, you know, mental conditions, people on various lists. So you'd that- have to undo the undoing. Yeah, of right. Trump's Obamacare. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And um, you know, maybe some strong punishments for manufacturers who make some of the crazy weapons that you know are very easy to alter, and you can spray like thousands of rounds without having to reload. So you know, there should, could be some consequences for that. And I do understand the argument of well, once you start outlawing some guns, then it's going to start, and you're going to outlaw all of them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to point to a country like Canada, you know, and it's like, oh, Canada, well, Canada, Canada doesn't even have free speech. So, you know, to, to, to tell them that they can't have guns, they're like, oh, that's okay. You know, we don't, we don't really need them anyway just for hunting, eh? So, uh, thank you. That was my Canadian guy. Uh, <laughs> see, there's the cough I told you about. Anyway, um, so, I don't know. That, those are just some random uh, meandering thoughts that I had about all of it. And uh, we, we are going to talk about all of it here because uh, that's what we do. You know, maybe if we were doing this show Sunday night as uh, right after it happened, maybe I, I wouldn't feel like it was appropriate. But everybody else is talking about it right now. And because you're seated next to me, I'm going to, for the first time, I'm going to start wow. with Scott. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Scott, gun control, what do you think? Uh, yeah, Mike. <laughs> I mean, where do we begin? I, unfortunately, I, do, I, I have a, a really close friend of mine that lost one of her best friends from childhood that she's known for over 30 years. Um, uh, so, uh, on Sunday night, yeah, at so the, it, it, yeah, I'm sorry to hear. It that. hits a little closer to home, and sure. you know, of course, I'm from Orlando, and I'd been to Pulse nightclub when that happened last year, which we thought we were not going to ever eclipse that. Yeah, um, last year, and here we are, only 16 months later, and we've already uh, just roared right past that, and it's it's horrible. Um, I mean, beyond worse, because not only do you have 59 killed, but you also have hundreds of people injured. I heard 500. Yeah, yeah. where where you're thinking, at least in some of these other ones, it was about, you know, 30, 40, 50 people. Um, But now you're you're talking about 500 plus, potentially, and it's it's overwhelming, and I think that's why you're seeing more people now are like, okay, enough is enough. The problem is, like you said, uh, there's too many people with Second Amendment, you know, pro-guns um, and, and a Republican Congress that's been bought by the NRA and a Republican president, and we're not going to see any changes. If, if nothing had changed from 2012 from, from Newtown with a yeah. bunch of little kids, this is not going to change. When either. nothing changed after that, that's it was right. fairly like apparent. That was like, okay, so yeah, right. if, if you can't see the pictures of all those kids... And, and don't feel that there's any yeah, need. And, and yeah, that's when you knew mm-hmm. that, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, it'd be great to see... It'd great. See, the problem is they won't even talk about it, you know, to to have a conversation. If it ended with no change, that would be mm-hmm. frustrating. But it's like, well, at least they had the conversation right. and then the Republicans outnumbered them. And you know. But that's, I think, what makes me even more sad to think about that it's not even going to go anywhere um, yeah. and, and nothing's going to change. And, and, and I get both sides to it. But, you know, the Second Amendment started back in the 1700s. It was a whole different world then. This is, we're nowhere near in the same type of capacity. There's no excuse for having 
assault rifles that can shoot thousands of rounds of ammunition. There's just yeah, no imagine, point. Imagine, There's no point for I that. know it sounds like I'm making light of it, but seriously, ima- no no, but imagine if the Redcoats had automatic weapons. Right. I Ooh. don't think it's this would whole, be in America right now. Exactly. If they showed up and they're, they're like, hold world. on, let me reload my yes. musket, you know, and then, you right. know, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very it's different It's very world. different from what its original uh, point was, and now people have grasped onto it throughout the years, and it's it's unfortunate because we really should never, ever have these type of weapons uh, available to civilians, and there should be limits. And, I mean, there's so many things we could get into on that. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's unfortunate that I don't feel like anything's going to change. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, but. well, we'll get to you guys in a second. I just want to have a thought. Yeah, where I grew up, you know, I tell people I'm from New York, which mm-hmm. is true. But I'm from right when the suburbs start to get really rural, like 45 miles northwest from Manhattan. And, like, the town over, there's cornfields and cows and, and all that. And legitimately, in my school, kids that I knew would uh, take off, not go to school the first day of hunting season because they go hunting right. with their dad. So I certainly understand right. people have having guns in the too. home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my, my cousin is, is a hunter. You know, I, I know a lot of people who do that, and I understand that. And... There are people that would like to take away hunting rifles. I'm sure. Sure, I I understand. I, that. I get it. I'm yeah. not a hunter, but I no, get I'm it. not. I'm not either. But yeah. But when it's harder to get a Sudafed, you know, at the at this local CVS than it is to get it's thousands true. of rounds of you ammunition. You should have seen how. I'm not even kidding. You should have uh, seen how hard problem. it was for me to buy Mucinex this afternoon. Right. I mean, there's seriously yeah. there's a problem when it's harder for that than it is for I, people to yeah. get thousands of rounds of ammunition and have a stockpile of weapons. I mean, it's just it's out of control. Uh, Chelsea, uh, your thoughts? Well, you guys are more generous with the hunters than I am. I'm, I thought I figured. As I, much. I, I'm not. A I, hunt, don't, I don't like it. But, I am not a hunter, I and but, I don't understand it. And I wish that. People would grow a conscience mm-hmm. to, and have compassion and maybe some empathy yep. for all living right. beings. Right, I know I agree with you. Uh, I would. But what if you I had to be... shoot kale? If like the only way to get kale was if you shot it, <laughs> would you understand then? Yes. Okay. All right. I just wanted to know if we could have a rational conversation. Because I this. am, I am okay with killing foliage to eat it. Okay. <laughs> it's cutting, cutting down trees and uh, pulling vegetables out of gardens is okay. And what if you had to shoot the, the trees yeah. down to knock them over? You guys are getting carried away. <laughs> a little, a little. But anyway, please. I'm sorry. Um, so I, I think actually, sort of the the hunting excuse that there right. are these exceptions for some living beings that don't deserve the same level of respect and compassion that you are is kind of the thing that sets us on the slippery right, slope right. of having no compassion for fellow human beings. My second thought of this is about the Second Amendment, and I would like everybody to read the Second mm-hmm. Amendment and read what it's a well-regulated militia. Mm-hmm. This guy had so many guns and so much ammunition that right. he was a one-man militia, and he was definitely not well-regulated. Mm-hmm. So the, the reason that we've gone like way off the rails about the meaning of the Second Amendment is because the Supreme Court decided that it was an individual right. Right. And I think the Supreme Court got that wrong. Mm -hmm. And I hope that somebody brings up another case, um, hopefully when we get another liberal on the court. Right, that's the problem. (laughs) We don't have it in our favor. To to turn that around, because Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the gravest mistakes that the Supreme Court has made. And speaking of the Supreme Court, and I know that we're going to talk about this later, you know, the issue of gerrymandering also plays a role into why we cannot do anything about gun control, even though the majority of Americans do believe in some 
gun control. Yes, some kind of mm-hmm. uh, regulation. But and I think mm-hmm. even those that don't would be okay with a conversation right. about mm-hmm. it, which still doesn't happen. So the reason that that's interesting is because today is the day that the court heard Gill versus Whitford, yes. the gerrymandering case that we're going to talk about later. We will talk later. about that in a little bit, um, yeah. So the outcome of this gerrymandering case Will Does influence, tie into that, yeah. Uh, what happens with guns, and this tragedy is a, another what I call like an, an example, like a, a, when we trace the root cause of how we got to where we are. It's money and politics. Mm-hmm. Most of us get to you know the NRA controls mm-hmm. Congress. Okay, well, but who? What allows the NRA to control Congress? And that is the role of money and politics, and the way that our campaign finance, finance laws are out of whack um, and need to be addressed on like this root level. I know it's not glamorous, it's not sexy to talk about campaign reform and cleaning up our corruption by doing something about money and politics, but I think that's where it all goes back to. Mm-hmm. If we want to do something mm-hmm. about it. Well stated. Uh, Drexel, right. uh, it's, uh, you, you've uh, had to, had to <laughs> hold your tongue for I'm so usually long. Not, I'm usually not at the end of the table. I know. I know. Um, well, just a couple of things. I'm going to talk about the hunting thing. Like I grew up in the South. Uh, my grandfather's a hunter. My dad is a hunter or has hunted. Uh, his dad uh, hunted. Um, I personally have no problem with hunting. That's just me. Uh, you know, um, Whatever. Um, but I'm going to get all sorts of hate and people asking, <laughs> have you well, ever ha- had a hamburger? No, <laughs> but, yes, I have. <laughs> but I, I personally I agree with you. I don't like hunting. I, I mean, get it. I, I, so I understand it, I mean, but I, I get it, I don't want I mean, to go hunting. I, I, I've yeah. never been hunting personally. Mm-hmm. I just have no problem with other people doing it. I do. Um, I mean, I... I just don't. I've been to the drive. I mean, I, I said on my la- on on political beat. I go to the shooting range I've and, done, yeah. and, that's and, fine. and I've done that's that. Fine. That's different. You know, yeah. but, but I'm a saying, piece of paper. A piece of paper. Yeah. what I'm saying is like you know, which I, is from a, tree, from a tree, which is a living thing. <laughs> Come on, Chelsea, <laughs> be consistent. Foliage was the exception. I'm sorry, Drexel. But, no, it's okay. There was an easy layup. Um, yes, yeah, somebody. I mean, I know what Chelsea's going to point out. Yes, Bernie was an NRA guy. I don't want that's anybody. That's not true. That, I mean. That's kind well, of no, true. but he has to um, be uh, a lot he's from different Vermont. I mean, he's, because he's, he's from Vermont. He's from a hunting state. He's still never yeah. endorsed by the NRA. He's not endorsed Ooh. by the right. NRA, but he's right. given he, has, right. he has a view on guns that's very inconsistent with, with people that you tend right. to. Like Elizabeth Warren has a very different view on guns. But anyway, that's that's uh, Andreas Froby in the chat who always says very nice things about the mm. show. So whenever <laughs> we see something from Andreas, we should always mention it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with Bernie being an NRA. It doesn't matter to me. Sure. Um, you know, but... Dan Pfeiffer, who was the president, President Obama's communications director, tweeted out something that I thought people should. At the end of the day, um, this is part of the reason the, about the conversation why things don't get done. And he said, the absence of action in response to gun violence is not a failure of the political system. It is an indictment of the Republican Party. And I think that people have to start to realize the people in power are the Republicans. The reason why Barack Obama, after Sandy Hook, couldn't do anything was not because um, of this idea that, con- that, that, that Democrats didn't want to do anything. You know, I read somebody, some young Turk, some, some idiot oh, on the young yeah, Turks, I saw that. You know, yeah. say, you know, and you know how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, said, I wish Barack Obama had done more. And I was like, what the fuck yeah. did you think Barack Obama was going to yeah. do? You know, in the, in, the, in the time that he had no mm-hmm. Congress to do anything. Um, he couldn't do anything, you know. And so um, so I think people have to realize that it's not Democrats not wanting to do anything. It's the fact that you have Republicans who are bought and sold by the NRA um, who don't want to, who are afraid mm-hmm. to do something. You know, we talk about um, 
you know, people, it, it's not even, it's not even, it's not, here's what I think. It's not politicians getting money from the NRA. It's what the NRA will do right. to those politicians mm-hmm. without their money. Right, and yes. saying that they will primary someone else. Exactly. And they will, and they will the give, and, and not even primary, not yeah. even give their but money I'm, to somebody else. They will run their own ad. Well, they will I mean, run yeah. their own social media. We saw the money that Russians put into Facebook mm-hmm. and social media to get that information out. Could you imagine what the NRA would do, why people are scared, it's mm-hmm. not because of uh, money going to directly to mm-hmm. politicians. It is disinformation campaigns coming from the, uh, I, I mean, I've said it before on this show, I've said it again uh, on social media, from this terrorist organization like the NRA mm-hmm. coming that That's why people are scared. That's right. why things aren't happening. And that, again, is an indictment of a party that has allowed an organization like the NRA to become this powerful. And that's where we should be really focused. Your on feedback on Drexel calling the NRA a terrorist organization, direct that to <laughs> at Drexel Heard. Uh, he is the one that said that. Uh, and, you know, I'll to back your, him up on that. To your too. point, <laughs> at S-Man 80. Uh, well, well, but then, the, but then does that are. make their members terrorists? No, I'm, but what I was was going to add is that I agree with you and the fact that it goes back Drexel is the fact that this, the, the campaign the money that's able to be thrown into campaigns and going against candidates that needs to be uh, uh, reined definitely in. reined in yeah. as well because like you said it's not just the fact that they're going to you know they're buying and selling candidates themselves it's the fact that they'll do smear ads and campaigns against them or they'll make sure they primary and get somebody else that's going to support uh, their causes, and um, that's the problem. But I do think the organization, yes, is very much a terrorist organization. I'm not saying because my dad's a member of the NRA. I'm not going to say Whoa. like he's a terrorist. Yes, because he's my dad's a member of the NRA. No, too. because but that's where you Dude. come. The South Republicans. I mean, Hunter, he's a military guy. I mean, these Hunter, guys are. All yeah. But the point is, is that the organization themselves is set up in a way that they have a a they use money. To their advantage, and it's all about the profit. And and so, do we want to go so far as go. to say, as the blood of these victims in Las Vegas is on the hands of ever dues, every dues paying member? I would not say. I would not say that. I would not go that far. That, that, that no. comment is from at Justin. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, was the question at Christian DMZ? No, uh, above uh, the fray, to, to, to so. that point, I but, think that it's the leadership in the NRA. We right. know that Wayne Lapierre. Yes. You know, I I, I, I I was thinking about this on the way over here earlier today because I was like, man, you know, if President Bartlett, for those West Wing fans, was in <laughs> office, he would have said, get Wayne LaPierre in this office right now. I don't care what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, get him in this office At right now. At gunpoint. But, but you know, <laughs> so but that like, would be but angry, like, yeah. the I don't idea, think Sorkin would write that. Because, yeah. because when the president of the United States literally summons you to the White House... You don't really have a choice but to kind of go. Yeah. But I think that Wayne LaPierre... Unless you're Steph Curry. <laughs> um, there's a difference in summoning and inviting. But I do think I do. As far as I remember, President Obama did invite Wayne Lapierre to the White House, and Wayne Lapierre turned that invite down. Um, which there is no reason to turn down an invitation from the from the no, White House. If you're able to when, get an audience with whomever the president right. is, there, there's. You know, there's always value in getting FaceTime right. with the president, no matter who it is, no matter what your issue is. You at least get to look at them and say, this is how I feel about mm-hmm. this. And if he doesn't listen, he or she doesn't listen. Right. I'm sorry. Let me be more inclusive. Uh, that's fine. You had the time right. to speak with the president. And that's very surprising. I, I mean, actually forgot that, that you mentioned We that. know that years ago, Wayne LaPierre in front of us on a House uh, panel, uh, our House committee, s- talked about background checks. 
this was something that the NRA was in favor of mm-hmm. years ago. Somehow they've gotten so far right. to the right mm-hmm. in Wayne LaPierre's crazy warped mind that now the NRA won't even entertain the idea when 80 to 90 percent of the American public is for some form of advanced background checks on guns in the country. And the fact that we can't even have a conversation on that after this, after Sandy Hook, after this, is a little crazy. But again, it goes back to an indictment of the party that's in control. Our friend R. Scott Brown mm-hmm. in the chat. Uh, I enjoy the individual right. He's speaking about hunting and the right to own guns. I want to make sure that guns are not in the hands of people who are unfit to own them. I'm a Jesus-loving, truck-driving, gun-toting liberal. That's who he is. Uh, And to a point that you made earlier, Drexel, sort of the NRA leveraging elected officials, to that extent, I can imagine probably not high profile, but there have to be Democrats who are also leveraged, depending on where the district is. Heidi Heimstein, Joe Manchin, Manchin, because because you said uh, Republicans, which, of course, I just wanted to point out that, yes, there There are are Democrats. Just a few Democrats being leveraged Mm -hmm. is plenty, Mm -hmm. you know, to sort of create a a lock on this issue. In those more purplish red states, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's not necessarily the politicians that that they are interested in what the NRA has to say. They take that money because they're afraid. It's almost like a domestic abuse victim that takes it mm-hmm. because they are because they are much. afraid. Most people 5000 right. I mean it's, it's nothing. Right. It's chump change. But if right. you don't take it but like right. you said, like what Drexel was saying, though, it's the opposite. Is then what are they going to do and and start running ads and campaigns against you? you. Right. Yeah. And it's not even and like. In 2017, like I said, I think people have to remember, like we can change the campaign finance laws where people can don't have don't be aren't able to donate money directly to campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, Citizens United. Yeah, you could put in a super PAC, whatever. But though, at the end of the day, it won't even be that at some point it won't even be that it'll be I'm donating. I am going to just buy. That money will be taken to just buy. I'm going to buy an ad. I'm going to buy a commercial. I'm going to buy airtime. Individuals Mm -hmm. are going to start doing that because they can do that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, because they have the right to do that. Um, I want to sort of uh, advance the topic a little bit further. Um, We obviously we know the identity of the shooter. I always feel like I don't need to say the names of these people. The the media does it enough. Mm -hmm. What we do know: uh, a millionaire son of a bank robber, and the bank robber doesn't have much to do with it. But it's sort of a fascinating little footnote. Uh, He uh, wired a hundred thousand dollars to the Philippines, probably to his (laughs) girlfriend. Uh, But the point in mentioning him at all is who wasn't this guy? One, he wasn't a Muslim extremist. Two, he wasn't an isolated far-right nutjob with a pickup truck and some heavy artillery. He didn't fit into any of the narratives that you usually have for this. He was older. He was a millionaire by all Mm -hmm. accounts. So they really didn't know how to cover this guy. I mean, they've focused... I feel like there's been some great reporting in terms of just getting to the facts... Uh, some outlets uh, publishing photos that they're not supposed to have access to, but, you know, somebody gives them to you, you use them. Uh, And the reason why I mention all that is it just makes the point of, like, you can do everything you want to to sort of prepare yourself, people who are on lists, people who show signs, and not much could really have prevented this specific incident. We're sort of talking about, like, we should learn from these incidents to prevent future things, uh, there's a, a, an interesting quote that I saw from the owners of a, 
a store in Mesquite, Nevada, uh, Guns and Guitars is the name of it, great combination, said that uh, the shooter, I almost said his name, purchased some of his weapons there, but the employees, all they all followed all the procedures that are within mm-hmm. the law, and they said he, they, he just never gave any indication for them to believe that he was unstable. So, and that's sort of the point, is like, yeah, it's great that we have these things, it's sure it'll still happen. It would just be great uh, to have the story of <clears throat> something like this. It's like, oh, well, and here's why this didn't happen. Because we were flagged by this guy. He already had eight guns. He was trying to buy ten more. You know, something like that, uh, I think, will would make people feel better. Did you get the AP breaking? That we, were, we were on our last show and it came in that the ATF which is the alcohol, uh, tobacco, and firearms, Mm -hmm. said that the Las Vegas shooter had devices attached to 12 weapons allowing semi-automatic rifles to mimic fully automatic rifles. Yes, and uh, he also had uh, security cameras set up so that he'd know when the police were getting Mm -hmm. close. At first I thought, because I had heard that he is a a gambler, and I thought maybe somebody dicked him over and he was pissed off or he lost a lot of money or something. But then when you think of how planned this was right yeah it doesn't seem like Mm-mm. this was some crime no and the no. fact that he by all accounts killed himself is just there it was clearly that it was all part of the plan for yeah alex for jones said i never thought i'd hear you say that uh, yeah, right? I, I heard it today tell me more about drexel <laughs> heard talking about alex jones uh, alex jones crazily said something like he thought it was like some liberal plot Thing that was planned, oh, and you know yeah. some some crazy uh, like conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, some uh, crazy conspiracy. Said that well, we were Pat- disrespecting uh, Donald Trump, so it's so God's it revenge. Yeah. I'm like, this, these people are so disgusting. But it goes back to your early point, though, Christian, about how you said at the very beginning that you know My joke it, about it, Hugh Hefner. No, oh, not the very <laughs> not the beginning. very very I'm beginning. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one about you know just the making it harder for people yeah. to have access to guns, and that's what it's about: is making sensible gun control to make it more difficult because people don't fit a mold and and there are different people and there will always be people that are going to try to to find a way and there always will be but the point is make it as hard as possible for those people to be able to get these weapons and have a limit and it's just sort of going back to even like climate change like even if you don't believe in it wouldn't you not want to pollute the earth because this is the only planet that you have to live on like wouldn't you want to do whatever you can to protect the planet it's the same thing what can we do to protect people wouldn't you want to help in trying to help that? And so let's make it as difficult as possible for these people to get these weapons. And there is no reason for people to have these access to these type of weapons. They should never be legal anyways. Sure. Uh, these type of you know, military-grade, crazy automatic weapons, are it's just insane. When I was talking about uh, the shooter, I didn't want to say his name. But I would like to say the name of uh, someone who CBS has fired, Haley Geffman Gold. A legal executive who posted on social media that she had no sympathy for the victims killed in Las Vegas because they were, quote, country music fans and therefore likely Republican. If they wouldn't do anything when children were murdered, I have no hope that repugs, very clever, will ever do the right thing. I'm actually not even sympathetic because country music fans are often Republican gun toters. Even if that's 100% true. Why would you say know, that? Exactly. But why would you say that anywhere other than in your own stupid right. head? But I, I will say this to CBS's credit: the immediately quick, fired. The quickness that they fired. Like I that only lawyer, heard the story because she was yeah. fired. If this yeah. was Fox News, it would and that, and a person well, they'd said be on that the on five Fox now. News, yeah. right? It's a joke. They <laughs> or, wouldn't really Fox, be on the five. Or they'd be on Fox and Friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but that's that's the difference. No, that's she the, has a Jewish the, name. She would never oh, be on no, Fox no, and Friends. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish uh, but, she, but the hypocrisy that comes from the from the right that says, "Oh, look at these liberals saying this," and we know that on the left, 
I mean, on, the, on, on their side, somebody would, we'd be like, we'd be saying the same thing, and then they'd be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we'll, we need there all the are, we need all know, the facts. Right, we don't know all we don't we don't know everything. We we shouldn't jump to time. we shouldn't jump yeah. to conclusions. Like you on do what's make happening. it political, right? Yet yet mm-hmm. Democrats uh, tend to fire their people the quickest. Yeah, um, and 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 yet Republicans still can't. And it's was I mean it was stupid and how she could ever think that that's even not even that but just thinking about the amount and the loss of life and everything I mean that's just uh, and it's just like horrible. why do people need to no. put these things on social no, media? I mean, it's you horrible. Know? It's just horrible anyways, just write it Steve. in your dream journal and set it on fire Jeez. like I do. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about this for uh, literally half an hour, so we do have to move <laughs> on. But I do need to point out another tone deaf tweet that I read. From Hillary Clinton, who started off very well. Las Vegas, we're grieving with you. The victims, those who lost loved ones, the responders, and all affected by this cold-blooded massacre. The tone-deaf part is the follow-up tweet that she, she was in the clear. I don't know why she felt like she needed to say. The crowd fled at the sound of gunshots. Imagine the deaths if the shooter had a silencer, which the NRA wants to make easier to get. Now that's an example of time and place. This is not the time I, I to make I, that I, your I issue. No, no, I disagree. With gun that. experts will say that, that a silencer does not silence. That's not. It just makes no, it a little right. Fire. But that's right, that's but not. That's not. No, no. Here's the here's the reason why Hillary Clinton brought that up. Congress because this, she's not running for president. No, because Congress, Congress was supposed this to week was supposed this. to vote on gun, right. gun silencers. This week right. okay. it was on the calendar, yes. and it's then time it's time. She could have posted it today, right? But but oh, but, but Congress no. but Congress had had it on the calendar right. on this week. So for Hillary Clinton uh, or any politician not to bring up the fact, I mean, Chris Murphy talked about. I mean, sure. Democrats have been talking about right. the, the fact that Republicans on even before this whole thing, had mm-hmm. we gone through this non-shooting thing, had this shooting not happened on Sunday, Republicans would have quietly voted in the fact and rolled back the regulation on yes. gun silencers. Now it's not even on the calendar. Now it's on the calendar yeah, anymore. So so I, and that's the only thing so, I would say that I think it was right. important that she mentioned so that because I, it was So it was week. a calculated thing yes. by saying, don't, don't get crazy. Don't like this is an NRA. I mean, she was specifically put in NRA because she knew that it was an NRA backed mm-hmm. Measure. Measure. Yeah. And if anybody was going to get that measure through, it was going to be the NRA right. from based on what we talked about. So I wouldn't say it was toned. I mean, she was right on the money. Well, she knew with, what she was doing. She knew what she was doing, and I, it was it was important to do it this week and not to be quiet about it. And and, and frankly, I get annoyed by every time. It's like, we can't talk about climate change because a hurricane just affected it. We can't talk about gun control because of the latest, you know, whatever is going on with a, a horrible massacre. And the point is, we need to, because then everyone forgets about it, and then they move on to the next thing until the next horrible tragedy. And I think it was very smart of her to bring it up today, because, or when she did yesterday, because it was on the counter. And if people didn't bring it to people's attention, well, dear, still been voted on I do week. want to move on. on. Uh, dear Bodega Ninja, uh, there are no Republicans on this panel. But not so. because we haven't tried. Not because we haven't <laughs> no, tried. No, I have tried. Also, the argument that Hillary Clinton is trying to remain relevant. First of all, Hillary Clinton will always be relevant, yeah, because true. she is... First a first lady. First lady. She's the former right. first. And the, she's the, and the only woman right. to win a nomination. And more votes. And the popular vote. <laughs> and the more votes than any white man in American history. Yes. So, yes, she will remain right, relevant. Will. So, you're going to have to get over that for yeah. a little bit. Uh, but uh, uh, happy birthday to Anthony in the booth, by the way. Uh, so, happy birthday. Uh, it was yesterday, but uh, we had cake today. So, it's like, it's like I enough for cake. I missed cake. You, you guys were doing, you guys were doing your show. I was parking. Anyway, speaking of tone deaf, Anthony in the booth, we have a video that will be a perfect transition to talking about Puerto Rico 
And here is, and you can just play it because uh, the audio is just ambient noise. Uh, you can hear the uh, the crying. Uh, yeah, President Trump. For those is watching this on YouTube, a basketball game. Where so they he's thro- he's basically the throwing towels. Yeah, what I was gonna say, it's basically like he's a member of the Pod Squad at Padres games, where they throw <laughs> T-shirts into the crowd. This is he paper came back towels? out mm-hmm. much like somebody at a sporting oh. event. He came back out with a hot dog gun and he shot hot dogs to everyone. So obviously everybody had a great time there. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I saw this posted with the caption, this is the only way that President Trump could think of to help Puerto Ricans without having to touch them. Uh, That was a joke that I saw online. I I don't actually know where I got it. But uh, we, in our final moments here, we should really talk about Puerto Rico. Final moments. And we have 10 minutes left. Uh, That's why I didn't want to read that comment from the uh, chat. They say hindsight is 2020, but by way of comparison to the way that President Trump has handled Puerto Rico... Turns out Brownie was doing a heck of a job. <laughs> uh, President Trump was in Puerto Rico today, and uh, after he talked about what a tremendous, amazing, incredible, I don't know if he used all those words, but he used most of them, uh, job that they're doing, uh, he made sure to let Puerto Rico know that it was wreaking havoc, havoc on our budget. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. And that all he's been hearing are thank yous. And that seems to be the predominant story with the way President Trump is handling Puerto oh, Rico. Oh, and, and uh, there's the, so many other things we well, can say about well, that. Well, <laughs> what... To President Trump, Puerto Rico needed to take care of themselves. They should work harder, be better with their money. You'd think he was talking to an island full of welfare recipients. He's just saying, like, you know, this is really your fault. We're going to help you out, but we don't want to. And my final point, and then we'll uh, let you guys weigh in. He added that Puerto Rico and the Puerto Ricans should be proud that only 16 people died in Hurricane Maria compared with the thousands killed, quote, in a real catastrophe like Hurricane Katrina. Um, Drexel, because you had to go last uh, for the first time. Uh, Drexel, I'll start with you. Uh, can you react to that? Are uh, you wiping tears away? I, I think it's just the... the, the Shock and awe. <laughs> <laughs> I just... You know, a it's one of those... things, Right. But you can't... Every day is a new low. That's the thing. It's like you, you, you just... I, I, I assume we're we, going to see the other side of the earth looking right. down at mm-hmm. the hole that he's. We we don't want to obviously normalize it, so we can't. So we can't get like we can't get like oh my god yeah let's just Donald Trump crazy old uncle saying this shit again uh, like we don't want to say that um, you know because I think because it's very serious Donald Trump uh, obviously doesn't understand the gravity of the situation um, and if he does then he does not care um, oh, he but he and he and he mm-hmm. cares more about what he about how he is being perceived than about how uh than about his efforts on the ground and you saw that over the weekend in the in the exchange with the San Juan mayor she didn't directly attack him she but Democrats was, told her to be nasty to Trump. Apparently, yes. <laughs> right. Like that was you the know, memo. First of all, for for folks that don't person. know, Puerto Rico doesn't have political parties, no. um, mm-hmm. and, and so there's nobody affiliated um, mm-hmm. down there. They just so happen to vote Democratic <laughs> for Democrats every time because right. who better to help black brown people in America? Um, Puerto Rico is a part of America. For those that don't exactly. know, exactly. Uh, uh, including, including President Trump, um, I feel yeah, like I it was—he was like three days into this, where somebody's like, had uh, no, "You know, it's actually right." Part, yeah. And I bet he didn't know. Um, but you know, he she pleaded and begged for a, a better federal response. Not that the federal response, not that there was not 
there was nothing coming from a federal response, but they need more. It needed more efficiency. Right. The he logistics took the of logistics it. of it. He took that as a direct attack on him, and that is pretty much how he has dictated. How he pretty much the, yeah. This this whole situation it becomes less about what's happening in Puerto Rico because if you listen to it, he's more interested in how he's being perceived and how he's treating first responders. Because if you hear every time that he talks about Puerto Rico, he does not talk about the people of Puerto Rico. He mm-hmm. talks about oh these first responders because he knows that the red meat out there is yeah. more interested in the military response mm-hmm. in the first responder response if you're not if you're blue not blue lives matter then you're not nobody if you're not if you're not backing the first responders then you're not backing anybody so he's more interested in throwing out the idea that he is for first responders and that if you're not for them then you're against them then then and that's what all he cares about and i think that's what people have to really quite understand is that he doesn't care about you he does not care about people he just cares about the optics and he will throw you anything just to keep you right on the edge of that hook uh chelsea Mm -hmm. i want to get your thoughts but uh to sort of uh elaborate on my point it seems as though President Trump is doing such a terrible job handling this. Kanye West has actually apologized to President Bush. That's how bad this is. That's a joke that I'm borrowing from my friend Tom Kelly at Tom Kelly Show on Twitter. I told him I would give him credit when, if he let when me When Kim use Kardashian it. is better at tweeting out <laughs> sympathy to yeah, Puerto Ricans than that, our own president I know they did is, this joke on SNL, but the fact true. that Pitbull was flying a plane mm-hmm. and taking cancer patients His from own, like yeah. Pitbull was better at it. I know yeah. this is what they said on SNL. No, Pitbull was better true. than America. Anyway, Chelsea. So true. Uh, this was like a disgusting opportunity mm-hmm. for a campaign rally. Yeah, that's true. I'm surprised he didn't throw out uh, red "Make America Great" hat. Oh, great again hats. I wouldn't. I probably he wanted say, to. Yeah. Maybe they were wrapped for up the in the next towel. Hurricane. This yeah. one will keep you dry. Yeah. And it's half price. Oh um, uh, yeah, Scott. Uh, no, I yeah. want to give you time for the yeah. gerrymandering. I, so yeah, yeah. I, that's all I uh, and. Uh, yeah, Scott, I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> I mentioned George W. Bush. I think a lot yeah. of people probably uh, would, would take him. I know we had that question we not did. long ago. That was I think a at this question, point, but it was hard. I think at this point, people would be like, you know, I kind of miss Nixon right now. I do. <laughs> I say that, too. I'm like, and I'm not putting it past that he's, I want to see his birth certificate. Because I think you want to see Nixon's birth certificate. No, I want to see Donald Trump's. He's not Nixon's son with an orangutan (laughs) because they're both paranoid, (laughs) press, press scared, uh, horrible, uh, you know, lying, (laughs) habitual liars. I mean, they're so badly about orangutans. I'm just saying, just give them some credit. Mom was the orangutan, and Nixon was the dad (laughs) because there's just way too many. Don't get sued like Bill Maher. There's way too many similarities. Richard Nixon. Give them more credit than that. Maybe it was a blind orangutan. And they would still smell his aftershave. I anyway, but, finish up your point. But the thing Scott. is, like, I had a, a Republican friend, and I still have it written in the back on Facebook, that somehow felt the need to write me, which I never had put it out there, about how Puerto Ricans did, you know, it's not up to the federal government to, like, to take care of them. I said, well, you live in Texas, and the point is, are you now telling your Republican governor to turn back the billions of dollars from the federal government? That battle was lost 90 years ago after the floods of 1927. Uh, Herbert Hoover at the time, you know, was so insistent on not protecting... Uh, Americans and using federal money that was up to states. And the point is, it's not even just a state thing, but even more so, the Commonwealth really depends on the federal government more than the state does. And the problem is they have no voting power because like uh, Drexel was saying, they don't vote for Congress. They have no representation in Congress. They do not vote for president. So they have no representation and yet they're not a state. They're not independent. They're this in-between Commonwealth yeah. and they really depend on the federal government to help and logistically it's very difficult as Trump said because it's a big ocean big but, big water but quickly and they need help. I, do I was just going to because the logistical part 
the if people remember, the Obama administration had a logistical pr- uh, problem uh, in Haiti, mm-hmm. and they got through it. Right, and no, there's uh, no excuse, which, but I which is think, also but an island. Yes, you know, so and a I separate think that, country, in, right? And, and so else. people have to remember that the United States government can handle an of island. Of course, they can. So don't let the the, the Trump administration fool you. Oh gosh, in thinking, if anybody believed that. I mean, no. Bodega Ninja did. Oh, no, but that's what I'm saying. People are, are, are saying that, that, you know, the federal government should be helping them, but they had no problem saying that Texas and Florida should be helped by the federal government. But now, all of a sudden, Puerto Rico is supposed to be out on their own, and I think it's horrible the way that it's all been done and, and, and what Trump has done. And then, again, today he did a terrible job. I have friends that are Puerto Ricans that are there and had told me how embarrassed they were for us and that he's our president. And they're not Democrats or anything. Sure. It was just the what he said and what he did there was, again, an embarrassment and horrible in a, in a time of – really serious needs for the entire island. By the way, Maria was stronger than Harvey and Irma as well. And so it was a lot more devastating to the people that got the, the direct land well, there. Well, uh, uh, great points. Uh, like the rest of the country and the world, we're going to ignore North Korea. And in our final three minutes, we are going <laughs> to talk about how uh, the Supreme Court is hearing this uh, sort of this plea to rein in partisan gerrymandering. Uh, Chelsea, I know you want to talk about this, so you explain it. I don't want to take up your time. You have two, two minutes, minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> Dear God, I don't know how to do this. Okay, gerrymandering. It's the drawing of district lines to benefit one party. So what the Republicans have basically been doing is cramming all the Democrats into one district or diluting them so much in other districts that the red covered, the, smothered the blue. In other words, it's a way to manipulate the votes so that the uh, voting of the opposite party is basically null and useless. And when it has been done along sort of racial lines, as a even as a factor, the Supreme Court has knocked it down, ruled it unconstitutional. But the issue of whether partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional is less clear. There was a case in 2004 uh, about that, but the um, Anthony Kennedy was not uh, didn't see a way to objectively measure if there was partisan gerrymandering going on, and so there it, it got nowhere. This time, the challengers to the uh, Wisconsin maps uh, have some formula that they believe could be used to measure whether there is partisan gerrymandering. It could be applied across the country because that's the the, the tough thing. Do we, you know, this one map in Wisconsin is going to be ruled unconstitutional? Then you're going to have every state bringing cases. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit where it gets hairy. But this is so important because this is our right to vote. Gerrymandering sounds like this obnoxious, weird, like merry-go-round thing. Um, But it is, if you believe in your right to vote, Mm -hmm. you should care about this case. It is probably the most important case of this session. And uh, keeping in mind we only have one minute, uh, the indication is that this could actually change with this decision. It might be leaning in a a direction. All eyes are on Anthony Mm -hmm. Kennedy, and today he did not ask any questions, so it didn't he didn't really let on as to which way he was leaning, um, but it'll ultimately come down to him. And my, I'm going to say that he's going to uh, strike it down and rule it unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. That's okay, what, that's well, what I'm hoping to. We feels will like certainly it's that way uh, talk about it next week. 
uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that the case centers around Wisconsin, or as Hillary Clinton calls it, where's that? We will see you (laughs) next Tuesday. We'll be back at the same time, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, for Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia, Scott Moore at S-Man 80. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ, and happy birthday also to our pal Brooks Lees at Brooks Lees TV, and of course, happy birthday, Anthony in the booth. We'll see everybody next Tuesday. Follow us on Twitter at TrumpReportABTV. Thanks, everyone. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bodega Ninja, could you shut up? <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Buzz TV.